Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, I'll have the generational sandwich, please hold the mayo. We talked to comedy writer Kevin Marr about aging parents. Plus, Biz did it. Woo! I got my driver's license back. And I called like a long time ago saying I mysteriously misplaced my driver's license. So I went online and I ordered a new driver's license and I like have to change my address anyway. So it's fine. I was like, screw it. That's fine. I'm just going to do it over again. I went online and for some reason I like got all of the stuff I needed from the DMV except the driver's license. And I waited six weeks or something like that because I was like, of course, it's going to take six weeks. But so it hadn't come and I was like, fuck this. So then I go into the DMV last week to get a new driver's license. And I, like, got one of the paper versions of the driver's license. (laughs) And so then today, I go to my reputable cannabis dispensary (laughs) and with my paper driver's license, and they hand me my actual driver's license. (laughs) And it has been months. Months. (gasps) And I feel like such a fucking idiot. Because, of course, it was there. That's the only place, the only place I've been to lately. And I just think this is really fucking funny because my new one is actually, like, already here. And then, but it's at the new house that came in the mail. And then the dispensary just gave me my old license, like, two months later. And I'm just stupid. And it's funny. And um, we're all doing a great job. Okay, bye. <laughs> say i love you i just i just love the one bad mother community the one i gotta go by like (laughs) you're cracking me up i like that a obviously the place you left it was the marijuana dispensary (laughs) that's like also obviously why would anybody think that is where you left it there's also a lot of sub stories going on here that like What did you get two months ago that you didn't need to go back for two months? Like, I I mean, is it like pandemic stockpiling of toilet paper? Is that how that happened? And you're not stupid. You are just somebody who's probably running on next to nothing right now. At this point, leaving our keys in the car, losing our driver's licenses, throwing away our credit cards at the gas station. Like these are just now things that are part of who we are. We'll just embrace it like a warm, forgetful blanket. Like that is, I would wrap myself in that blanket, but I have no idea where I fucking put it. So I just want you to know that I think you were doing a great job. That is an excellent check-in. Speaking of things that are excellent, It's time to say thank you. Did you guys all like that thank you music? Game found. It was the best. Boop, 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 boop. 
Delta, 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 can I help you, help you, help you? The motherfucking Delta variant. You ruined school for me, Delta. I am coming for you. And apologies to Delta Airlines for sharing the same name. So with that lead up, you know who I'm thanking first. Thank you. Everybody working in the medical profession. Be you doctor. Be you nurse. Be you RN. Be you EMT. Be you the intake clerk. Be you the people who keep it clean and safe so that people can work there as well as care for others. You are incredible. I'm so sorry we can't have anything nice in this country and we keep fucking it up and we have to keep coming in and making life really hard for you, which I think ties in nicely to saying thank you vaccines. Thank you, science. Thank you, the people who created vaccines. Thank you to all the people who are continuing to study the effects of vaccines. And thank you to everyone who strives to put out true science-based information on the benefits of a vaccine. I don't care if I am microchipped as long as my kids can go back to fucking school in the fall. All right? Get your vaccine. Thank you to everybody who's already gotten their vaccines. And if you haven't, you got this. You're doing it for those who can't because of medical conditions. We got to be a community. Okay? This is this is how we do things and work well together. Thank you, teachers. I hope you are having a wonderful summer break. And I really appreciate what you're going to be walking into in the fall. And uh, for many of you, in just a couple of weeks. So you are amazing, and I can't wait to continue to support you this year. Librarians, I love you. Postal service, I love you. You're fucking amazing. Delivery services, amazing. I just had to fly across country, and once again, thank you to all the people who are keeping the airports and the airplanes clean between flights. Thank you to those people who work as flight attendants, you are very nice. And you probably have to put up with some real jerks. So thank you. Thank you. I'd like, the list goes on. Obviously, thank you to everybody who continues to work in grocery stores. I And thank you if you're continuing to wear a mask where they ask you to. You're all doing an amazing job. And I really appreciate you. Like I said, I just flew across country. Because I finally got my parents. I got them out here. I had to go home and pack the house up. <laughs> that, it was, it's been a hard couple of days. But I got to tell you, it was 100% worth it. Because I've been trying to have my parents move out here to Pasadena. Just to be with us and be with the kids. And we're still trying to figure out permanent living situations. They're going to be in an apartment for a year. But yesterday was the first real visit with my kids. And not only were the kids amazing, Ellis was amazing. You know, that kid feels big. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And Raiden was amazing. Story rode so far. Katie Bell now likes to be called Raiden. And 
they just had the best visit. It was just so awesome. And it just, Stefan and I were just so happy and I was very overwhelmed. And that's all going to tie in really nicely to what we're going to talk about today with my old friend, Kevin Marr, and being part of the sandwich generation. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am very excited to welcome a very old and dear friend of mine to talk today with me about the sandwich generation, as the kids call it. Kevin Marr is an Emmy-nominated comedy writer whose work has appeared on HBO, Comedy Central, and Nickelodeon. His short films have screened everywhere from MoMA to Troma. Ooh, I love it. He, uh, he's also the host of Kevin Geeks Out, a long-running multimedia variety show in New York City. And he's been featured in the New York Times and Scientific America. But I agree with you on this, Kevin. The highest praise came from Tiger Beat, who called him funny. Welcome, Kevin. Yeah, exclamation point. Before I even get into who lives in your house and such, I just will let people know. Kevin, we've known each other for a very, very long time. We met in the sketch comedy scene, as it was in New York, you know, before before the YouTube ruined it for everybody, when you actually did live sketch comedy. And we have had your lovely wife, Rebecca, on the show way early on, early on. Oh, yeah. She was writing romance novels. Romance novels, sure. And we all agreed that those were very important. <laughs> <laughs> So with all that said, why don't we find out who lives in your house? In my current house, I'm <laughs> here with my wife, Rebecca, who you mentioned. We're still together, going 20 go. years strong. Woo! We've got a teenage boy, or two teenage boys now, 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. Oh, my God. In the basement apartment, the adjoining apartment mm-hmm. of our house, separate residence, but still all under the same roof. My mother-in-law, Rebecca's mom, is living with us. And that's kind of like, you know, the Fonz. Yeah. Is or she Kirk like Cameron on Growing Pains. You know, they have their separate but <laughs> she, attached Please thing. tell me she's just like Fonz. She's <laughs> identical to the Fonz in every way. <laughs> she just has... Hot young dudes coming in and out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fonzie had the ladies, but maybe she has the ladies. I don't know your mother-in-law. <laughs> she like hits jukeboxes. All of that, all okay. of that and more. And she has a, a pet dog. What is so the dog? What is the dog? Mar- Marzipan or Marzi for short, which is weird because <laughs> my last name is Mar, but that was the dog's name before she got it from another family that had to give it up. Oh, very good. That's a. That is a full house. That sounds like a (laughs) sitcom in the making. Well, we are talking today about what I guess they call the sandwich generation, about those of us who have kids and Mm. our kids. (laughs) We are kids. We have parents. And there comes this like weird moment where we transition from being the kids ourselves I mean, like, even once we have kids, I still felt like I was the kid 
of my parents. And that's right? the thing is when when you mentioned our introduction, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I've known Biz in the yeah. old life, the yeah. pre, pre before, kids. never mind before YouTube, it was before we had children. Yeah. Yeah. And that just feels like a different Kevin and a different Biz. They they were different. Yeah. They were different. They were much more agile. <laughs> uh, they were <laughs> I was a lot more smoking involved, mm -hmm. at least with this Biz. We were hardcore, Kevin. Way but back even in the when day. but but just to your point, even yeah. having started families of our yeah. own. Even though we're the adults, we're we're still children in respect. We still have our own parents, and that's hence the sandwich. Yeah, hence the sandwich. And there is a weird moment where there is a shift, and our parents become like people that we find ourselves needing to support in a way that is different than how we previously supported them, which probably wasn't a lot. No, no, because all the focus <laughs> when you're in your 20s or when we were, it was like, I'm going to focus on I've got my day job. I've yep. got my romantic relationships. I've got this burgeoning sketch comedy career. Yeah. Then I'm oh. just a heartbeat away from getting my own TV show. TV show. You know, yeah. so th that's where your mind is at. And that's you can yeah. own, you just think about yourself and no one else. And it's you don't realize at the time how unique that is. Yeah. Especially compared to then you become a parent of any form and it's like well I've got one or more than one little person to take yeah. care of and I have to think about their needs and how the day job or you know whether or not to go do a show when you have yeah. to be home is your partner also got other things they want to do you know I don't have to explain it to you yeah, my audience no, no, but it. you let you me shift. mansplain yeah, let me explain parenting to everybody and identity. But no, you're right. There's like the life cycle of us as, sure. and not all people, this is not everybody's life cycle. Lots of us hang out in pupa states for a really long time. But oh, yeah. we're selfish. Then you have kids and you realize like that that's just going to get taken from you, whether you want it to or not, like the selfishness. Yeah. And then this other role, this other shift, when your parents start reaching a certain age where they need, you know, be it emotional help, physical help, monetary help, medical help, suddenly that's another identity shift. Mm -hmm. Because I like, I liked being able to go home and be like, Somebody brush my hair. Somebody take me out somewhere and get me something <laughs> special. Somebody make me a bacon and tomato sandwich, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and one day that just stops. So to get into our discussion, I wanted us both to kind of have a chance to sort of set up where we are sandwich-wise. We now have, everybody knows what our, what one slice of the bread is, right? We got <laughs> our kids yeah. and our families. Then there's us. The flaw in the metaphor is nobody wants to eat this sandwich. No one wants to eat this fucking sandwich. <laughs> that is, this is not a, a sandwich. No matter which way the bread is yeah, turned, it's a nobody's sandwich. taking a bite out of this Somebody's thing. put like rye bread on one and then like a hard bread on the top. Yeah. There's definitely ketchup and pickles involved, but mm -hmm. not on a burger. Maybe peanut butter. Maybe some sort of strange meat. 
<laughs> that you're not sure about if it's meat. Yeah. You're like, why is there like an olive in that meat slice? Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, it's disgusting sandwich. And we're the but, disgusting well, middle. We are. Not, we are. No, we're no the doubt about it. Pimento cheese. And it's the sandwich that morphs that the center later will become the top, possibly. Ugh, like it's so that's weird. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into uh, that. But we'll, yes. we'll we'll unpack who our extended yes. families are. So so I've got the two teenage boys. Mm-hmm. My wife and I live together. Her mom lives downstairs. Her dad, parents are divorced. Her dad remarried, so they live further away. And then my parents retired and they moved down to Maryland where they've lived together independently mm-hmm. in a house. And earlier this year, my dad passed away. Not related to COVID, but um, still difficult and challenging nonetheless, really. Yeah. Uh, no one gets really... bonus points for dying from COVID. It's not no. like... <laughs> It's not like a how how old are your parents? Can I ask? Yeah, my your... mother is seventy eight. Okay, and so your mom is now where? She's in Maryland. Okay, still. And I'm in New York. Okay. I have a sister, and I guess that's part of the whole. Yeah, that's part of the whole <laughs> separate sandwich. sandwich conjoined sandwiches. Those are the yeah. So my sister is in Brooklyn. I used to live in Brooklyn, and the goal for my mother was I invited her to come live with us Mm -hmm. and she said no she didn't want to live in the small town where I live in upstate New York she thought it was too boring (laughs) which again and and you know you always it's it's I think we're going to find there's a lot of parallels with kids and and taking care of parents like they're your kids you're like wait is that the real reason is that are you giving me one answer, but it's really something else? Something else. Are you are you saying one thing and then you want me to push it and be like, I insist you come live with me? I don't know, but she she has said yeah. repeatedly she does not want to live in this house because she grew up in a house with grandparents living with her, and she said it doesn't work out for anybody. So yeah. that was that was where she was coming from. Yeah. So she is living independently, trying to figure out her next move. She might move to like the Westchester area so that she's between Brooklyn, between where I live maybe live in some kind of assisted living facility but we we don't know we don't know there's so much to do and and the other thing is it all takes so long i don't have to tell you having just no, it, it cleared takes... out a house for your parents the, oh, yeah. the process takes forever <laughs> you brought something up and i want us to be able to come back to this after i set everybody up with where i am and that is the waiting and the unknown like those long periods of like are we supposed to be making a decision? Are we not? Like, there are these moments that are just like, I know what I'd like to do. Here's my plan. <laughs> but And every single person in the in the sandwich. Has an opinion. Maybe maybe even the kids. Yeah. Have an opinion on who's going to die first. Oh, and well, they you, that's... plan a court and they try to plan yeah. accordingly. <laughs> but the plan does not always go according to plan. So no, it's okay. this. It's this horrible, dark joke. Oh, no, of, I, like, the, yeah, we're all God. thinking about it. Thank and I God do, my know, parents are dark. And, I just and like. Yeah, yeah, you can talk about it with them. That's good. But like, it was the thing after my dad died, every, every single time, like I tried to just like comfort my mom, put on the TV. Yeah. Every single thing we watched had like a, a woman Somebody whose husband dying. just died. Yeah, and then I, <laughs> I found out, I found out, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Carol O'Connor won an Emmy for writing. And he wrote an episode of All in the Family. That's the old 70s yeah, sitcom. Yeah, yeah. And he he won it for the episode where Edith dies. And I ended up watching some of it on YouTube. I was bawling. Why? I and 
And Archie delivers this monologue to Edith's slippers after she's dead. And Jesus. he says, and I just feel like this is this is like an unspoken thing in all relationships. He's like, I was supposed to supposed die to go first. first. And um yeah. and he was so confused and frustrated by that. And it's it's just terrible that I feel like every family has to go through this yeah. imaginary hypothetical thing of like, place Who? your bets. Who's it gonna yeah, be? That's right. I got five on grandpa and I got yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. so as many of you guys know, I have for like for the last four years been trying to get my folks to move out here. There mm -hmm. have been lots of steps that then wound up not happening. And it's been <laughs> a lot of back and forth. And most recently, when everything was finally decided, there's still been some like, mm, maybe I don't think we will. Right. And you're like, ah, no. <laughs> and so I have just spent the last week being down in Alabama and helping to do the final pack up, work with the movers, help the cleaners, get it clean, finding all sorts of exciting things in various nooks and crannies, and then flying out with my folks to California. So from Alabama to California, where they will be in hotels for like a week and a half before we can move in to mm -hmm. an apartment which may or may not be the best place for my parents. <laughs> but that is where everybody decided to be. So now you, I remember a while ago, we talked off, yeah. off mic. Yeah. Cause we, were we do build talk, a we do house. talk outside of, yeah, that yeah. you were looking at the zoning stuff of like building a house. And on we're property. still trying to do that, but everything, COVID put things on hold. And then we're back in the process of looking at that, I, we're like literally revisiting the plans because, of course, the codes have changed again. And mm -hmm. like, it'll, it'll probably take a year to build it, right? Yeah. So they're going to be in an apartment for a year. And so that leads us, I guess that, you know, like, I don't know the best order for this or not. I want to first ask when you realized when you were going to get a first taste of that sandwich, when you kind right. of went home and you saw I'm the folks. I'm living in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm living in Brooklyn. Yeah. My parents came to visit. And I mean, as long as we're just being completely candid, I, sure. I often look at some of this stuff through the lens of alcoholism. Yeah, and, yeah uh, sure. And, and the idea that someone could be in denial or, yep. you know, have a problem. And how do you have the boundaries of telling someone else they have a problem? I'm sure a lot of listeners, I know from, I know from the subgroups, this is all things, <laughs> Pretty relatable. all things that we relate to. <laughs> so my parents came to visit in Brooklyn and this was years ago. This yeah. is probably like 15 years ago. And they have a suitcase and they have, you know, change clothes and presents for the kids or something. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they take everything out of the car in one trip. And then when they're packing to leave, they're like, we want to do it all in one trip. Yeah. But it's like, there's just too much stuff. We'll just, we'll just go to the car twice. We'll just come yeah. back and forth. There were, I would say, six steps of the stoop. Yeah. And I realized my dad doesn't want to go up and down these stairs more than once what? if he can avoid it. Yeah. Because it's that taxing and it's that draining. And it's like, you know, I'm going up and down subway yeah, stairs, yeah. living in New York City, carrying <laughs> strollers, you know, doing wait, all this wait. stuff. And it's I like, have a question. I have a question. When Because the stair thing is a, is a thing, right? The stair oh, yeah. thing, the going up and down the stairs. When was the first time you felt like a jerk because you were like, 
freaking road runner in a rat. Oh I yeah, like the just taking it for jerk. granted. I feel just like the, totally taking yeah, it for granted. We were like going through the airport and stuff. Like I'm usually like boom, like, <laughs> like yeah. I just get my steps in and go, mm-hmm. and then I'm like. Da, da, da. like slowly walking and like loading the car right just by the time they're looking at the luggage i've got it all loaded in the car and I've, i'm like i wonder if this is making them feel bad well, <laughs> i'm like like that i'm still look at me still able mm-hmm. to do the things and you can't do it yeah. Nanny, nanny, boo boo, right? Well, like, anytime, anytime I would talk to my mom, she's like, What are you doing this week? Or what are you doing yeah. today? As I talk about my mom, she always, You must be exhausted. You must be exhausted. You must be. <laughs> that just, just hearing about it exhausts me. And I'm like, No, this is pretty much yeah. what I do every day. And, yeah, you know, it no. just comes with the territory. Yeah. But I think the, the thing with like that they're moving at a slower pace, it reminds me of when somebody without a toddler without yeah. a baby yeah. wants to go out and they're like let's go to the restaurant and you're like well right. hold on i have to i have to pack several bags yeah. for other people before can i can go we just leave 5 minutes early yeah yeah we're like oh let's <laughs> head over we got a re- we got a reservation at the restaurant we should probably leave in a few and it's like hold on i'm going to need on. 45 minutes to put yeah, a single I mean- <laughs> mitten on <sighs> does everybody so have think, their socks <laughs> i think we're we're seeing it, you know, again, it's that thing of like the being caught in between many different worlds and realities, which is there are other people in our lives who can do things rapidly and then we go slow, but then there's even older people for different reasons who have to move at a different pace. And yeah, it's all about calibrating those speeds. And I think time management, it it also feeds into so much of it. Like it's boundaries. It's about creating time for stuff that you didn't know you were going to need. And when your parents or, yeah. or whoever, you know, if it's your in-laws or your step-in-laws, whoever, just like, okay, I didn't know I was going to have to spend this much time. And and sometimes it's like, you know, plumbing problems that like, oh yeah. gosh, you know, my mother-in-law, she talks about me like I'm the landlord, which yeah. coming from New York City, I'm like, <laughs> well, then I need to be put to death because all landlords yeah. are terrible. <laughs> And um, I don't want to be the landlord, but right. but I I'm responsible for like fixes. So yeah. I will hear about like I will hear about problems, but then also I'm just like, hey, I'm just dropping this thing off, and then I got to zip out. And she's like, how do you like the new yeah bath mat? You know, not, you oh, like like, to oh chat? I need to. <laughs> you're not getting a lot of visitors. I'm a visitor. It is part of my duty to come in here, and we're gonna chat about the knickknack. Yeah, but you know what? That actually makes me think about like before kids when people say, you know, it's it's a different kind of sleep deprivation. It's it's your, you know, like where people try and warn you about the some of what's going to happen that first year and you think, hmm, sure, whatever. My then, parents will be different. My parents will be different, right? Like, no, my parents, like, we've got a pretty cool relationship. I don't think yeah, any yeah, of that's going to happen. Cool. We're cool. Yeah, no, uh, my, they just want me to take them out in the backyard and shoot them. <laughs> no, but my, I have a friend who just went through essentially the last five years taking – like really being the sole caregiver and having some help for her mom. She had done it for her aunt and then her dad and then her mom. And I mean, she's basically spent five years taking care of yeah. and her own kid, right? Like, I mean, it, oh, yeah. this, her whole life has been consumed. I mean, the last, as long as I've known her, has been consumed 
with caregiving. And now they are all dead. And it's, she said to me, she's been a, a really great friend as I've talked through moving the folks out here. I think I was saying something like, well, I've been thinking about shifting, maybe doing a podcast on such and such and maybe do an X, Y, and Z. And she's like, you're going to be surprised by how much time is yeah. about to be gone because it's going to be being given to the folks. Yeah. yeah. My parents said the same thing to me. They're like, are you sure you're ready to basically be a parent to two grownups? And that is, I'm a little wiser because I've had kids to go, mm, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think you're right. There's like, uh, it's the moving. It's not just the physical, physically being able to move faster and having to slow down. There is the time what does time mean, time management mean with this? And I feel like the other the other part of it is it is a glimpse into the future. <laughs> because if if you're taking care of biological parents, these are the people whose genes you have inherited. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. that's what I'm going to look like. And again, it's like, well, that's not going to happen to me. Uh, uh, but it's just that terrible thing of seeing the things happening, whether it's it could be anything from, you know, I'm I'm taking on my father's physique or, you know, if you <laughs> if you have family with memory loss yeah. or whatever their issues are like that might be me. I think that's one of the things that just kind of stops you dead in your tracks. Well, and, and, and why sometimes it's it can be really frustrating and aggravating. I mean, in addition to 40 nine other things reasons that it <laughs> well yeah. communication i think is that is actually really important and i was very lucky that my mom started having conversations with the about this with me mm -hmm. when she was like 50 when she was oh, wow. 60 it's gonna be horrible you're gonna hate it <laughs> you know this is we're gonna go ahead and start doing X, Y, and Z now paperwork wise. And you've got to make sure I'm doing this and that to which I now I'm like, I'm trying to make you do this and that. And you're like, fuck you. But like my sister and I have been very clear with communications and Stefan and I have had a number of conversations. Uh, and it's, it's those same sort of critical conversations that you have when you have kids. But again, I think what I've learned from having kids are all the conversations you just assume you that you're going to be on the same page about or you assume you've sort of had like in your mind with your partner or your family, but then yeah. you haven't actually. Well, with this, it's been lots of trying to get ahead of stuff. Like, all right, mm -hmm. my sister and I are united front. Anytime something happens, we're going to get we're going to speak to each other. There are no secrets. If like a parent calls and says, don't tell your sister, I'm going to immediately tell of you. Of course. Right? Yeah. Like that sort of thing. And Stefan and I, you know, look, this is going to be a change for Stefan. It's a change for Huge. the kids. And so communication wise, what, what was the communication like for you guys? Because you've got your in-laws as well who are hitting that same mm -hmm. stride. I, my in-laws are like, Flying to well, Sweden. I, I, I would I would just say that it's it's the sort of thing where it's like preparing, you know, 
for a hurricane or for flooding. Like (laughs) you don't want to have the conversation when the water is coming up to your waist. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta have a plan in advance and there's never a good time and you're never going to want to talk about it. Yeah. But my wife is very pragmatic, very realistic and, and takes these things head on. And I hit the snooze button on the conversation as long as I can until we actually have to have that conversation. But she has been absolutely amazing. And when, you know, last year, my mom was in a coma briefly, Mm. and that was impossible. When my dad died, my wife was absolutely amazing. Just an incredible partner who showed up emotionally and and provided like strength while maintaining a house where I was just like, well, I got to go, got to go travel down to Maryland. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll be back in a week, maybe two weeks. I don't know. I don't know. See, you, see you soon, maybe. And my wife ran a household, took over, you know, took, took care of her mother, worked a full-time job, was in graduate school during a pandemic, like <laughs> was absolutely amazing and incredible. Well, so Rebecca's kind of a badass. She really is. She's you absolutely You married amazing. very well. Yeah. And I don't even think she's going to hear this. Probably she's, not. She's too fucking she's, I'm busy. Just saying it. I'm just saying it because it's the truth. I, here's the thing, Biz. When I came on, I was like, I'm not an expert. I don't have a book to sell. It. I'm not an and expert like, on anything. But, but here's the thing. I can speak the truth yep. because I'm not trying to move units, okay? Well, but for real, that's, you know, I'm not looking to have an expert on to talk about stuff like this. This is, this is another end of things that affect us as parents that we have to have conversations about. And when you say talk about it in advance, I think that that that's actually, it's not just the difficult conversation with your partners. It's the difficult conversation with your parents. And you can approach it a lot of different ways. We use a lot of humor in my family, but I think there's a lot of like, well, enjoy your car. Because I'm going to take it from you in the next year. So have fun, right? Like, And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I have not struggled with, but I carry around with me and I try to process and and keep, keep in my mind as I'm doing this is how scary and how frustrating it must be to realize that you're losing power that you're losing, losing so much power your ability your freedoms i mean it's a lot mm-hmm. of you start to have to rely on others for almost everything and yeah. that's gotta suck it sucks but the one silver the one silver lining this is that society values the elderly okay <laughs> I'm that's fucking hilarious yeah. <laughs> our society really values old people and yeah. children and families. Uh, let's see. The two, like, biggest impacted communities in during this pandemic. Kids, sorry. Sorry, people with kids. You're fucked. There were conversations on television like, we need to reopen the economy and some old people are going to have to die. die. Like, that so, was... <laughs> That yeah. was just like being the thing that you would never say out loud. People were on TV talking Saying about it, it having well, dialogues, agreeing with each other, agreeing with each other that we should right just kill yeah. all the old people and you know fuck people who have kids mm-hmm. because they're just going to have to stay home. Why can't you figure it out? Right. Why can't you figure out what to do with your kids? <laughs> anyway, thanks, society. Well, here here's the thing. 
Uh-huh. I, well, I'm thing. so lucky that my kids at this age, they're still honest with me and they still yeah. tell me the truth. And yes. and my wife has created a really great environment where they can do that. I I don't have that luxury with any of the, you know, older people in this sandwich I'm in. Yeah. And I don't blame them that they're not going to, because you're talking about losing power, giving up power. Yeah. And when I'm 75 years old, yeah. if I like poop my pants. Yeah. I'm not going to tell my children about no. it. I'm not going to tell they, my I mean, trust children. me, they're going to know. They're going to know. And yeah. I'm going to lie. And yeah. this has never happened before. This is why you have know. a dog. This is why you yeah. have dogs. You can and be like- that like, there's so many things where I feel like it, it's critical from like, you know, a, a medical proxy position yeah. that you get all of the most like truest information and I feel like for years it was always like, well, mom, what'd the doctor say? It's like, oh, well, the doctor said this. And it's like, I'm getting like 20% of what the doctor yeah, said. what the doctor said. And that's say. the that's the really hard part because you don't have the upper hand. You're not the parent. Right. I think even if, even if they're living with you or whatever the situation is in your home, you don't always have the ability to like pry the truth from them. Well, I, I, th- I think that's actually uh... – Good segue into another thing I wanted to talk about or that I am discovering as I go through this is because I feel like I'm not getting all the information and Mm -hmm. that I'm only seeing them suddenly like now, like right now, uh, you know, they've basically been isolated in their house. I mean, mama for sure Mm -hmm. throughout the pandemic and now they're shuffling and they look like they're going to fall a lot. And I now feel... What's happening? Where are you going? Oh, Kevin? just the, the posture change. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. Sorry. I'm like, what happened to Kevin? Uh, for, yeah. for those listening, I just did a little... I just brought my shoulders <laughs> up to, to demonstrate stooping. like... Every time I would go home at, or yeah. go to my parents' house at Christmas, I'd open the door and I'd have to like... Nothing to see here. No reason to look concerned. This is just someone getting smaller every year. (laughs) Well, I know. But that's like, this is the story you're giving me, parents. The story you're giving me is that you've decided to be one foot in the grave. And as a result, I am not sure how I'm supposed to navigate that. Like, if you're going to walk around as if you're going to fall all the time, I feel the need to behave as if I'm trying to keep you safe. Here, I go back to that, watch your step. Do you need help? Would you like to get, you know, such and such? I I found on the trip, there was a lot of like, have you eaten anything? You know, like, do these people even drink fucking water? Like, I was like, where, where is the water? Do you go to the bathroom ever? Right? Like, these are all the things that, like, my mother used to chase me around about all the time. I can remember her calling me when Oprah announced that you should be peeing clear, like, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And I'm like, where is that advice? I I haven't seen anything. So I'm following them around. I get, have you had anything? Do you want some water? Can I get you some water? Would you like me to get you some water? No. And that, it's that same sort of like, what did the doctor say, right? Where I'm like, how much do I push mm-hmm. and how much do I stay in the place of they are still, you know, mentally capable, you know, let them, you know, they're adults. I mean, they're still, they're my parents. I, I still need to like give them that space. I feel like right now I feel like 
I'm overdoing and it's probably pissing them off somehow, or it's encouraging the feeling that they are feeble and incapable of doing anything. Nobody, nobody wants to feel like someone else thinks they're an invalid. Right. And if you want to maintain a relationship with someone where you have trust and you see them regularly, you don't want to out of the gate. You don't want to destroy the relationship by being like, Oops. you can't make your own decisions. I'm going to make all of the decisions for God you. damn it. I'm getting that wrong, incapable. Kevin. Then I'm fucking yeah. it up. <laughs> shit. Shit, 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 shit. You Nobody know, likes to hear that. No, I don't. No, 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 no. I need to coddle them and strap them in with like different, like ta- I need to tag them so mm-hmm. I can be monitoring them all the time. I think the whole thing is just, frustrating and in order to make sure they've got independence it's trying to then spend the time finding the resources that can be available to them and then having conversations in which they would actually use them i like it goes all the way back to how much time this takes and i i'm gonna stop and end on one last question because i mean this is Like parenting, I think there is a never-ending supply of things to talk about as we watch our own parents age, get sick, and pass away. But I really have been thinking about this one, this question to end on and ask you. One, have they started to see ghosts? And two, do you think they'll come back and, and haunt you in some way? And then do your children then say, are you going to come back and haunt me? And I always say yes. Okay. So there's several questions here. They have not seen ghosts that I'm aware of. They haven't told me they've seen ghosts. I have had dreams where my father visits me. Uh And sometimes in the dream, I need to break it to him and tell him that he died, which is a terrible dream. It's so upsetting. That's a horrible dream. I don't. I found that now in the dreams, I don't tell him. I, I use yeah. the advantage. Like, I get to spend time with my dad. I'm going to sit and talk with him. It's really nice. It's That's wonderful. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So don't tell him. Uh, yeah, don't like, tell him. That's just right. like in life, just like when he was yeah. alive, deny the biggest problem <laughs> in between us and hope that hope that things work out. That's right. um, Kevin, thank you so much. For joining me to talk about this. We'll link everybody up to where they can find out more about what you're doing and more about Tiger Beat. And say hello to Rebecca from all of us. I will. And you're doing a remarkable job. Thanks, Biz. Bye. Bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. It's summer! And some of life's greatest childhood adventures happens during the summer, along with discovering sometimes we really need activities to do during summer. And with the KiwiCo subscription, kids can take their imaginations to new heights with super cool STEAM projects delivered every month. I think it goes without saying that Teresa and I love KiwiCo. Listen, I have spoken often about all the cool crates for kids. 
but I have been stealing my oldest's maker crates because they're like basically craft boxes that come to me and I don't have to do any of the planning. I have made macrame plant holders. I am living out my 1970s housewife dream. Now I am hanging a plant in a pot with macrame and it is awesome. So listen, with KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart, <coughs> me, every month. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash badmother. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Where have we hidden Teresa's body? Is (laughs) Is it in the floorboards? Is it in the trunk? Is it in the backyard? Teresa is still taking the time that Teresa needs to support Teresa and her family. And I love you, Teresa, and I miss you, and you're doing an amazing fucking job, which makes you a genius. But for now, it's genius time, so genius me, me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right. The genius is just that I just flew to Alabama and, like, helped my parents, and they're here. They're here. Really, the genius is my parents are here. My parents are here. My parents are here. I love my parents, whether they believe it or not. (laughs) But I love them, and I am very excited that they live in Pasadena now, and that I get to, like, uh, have them over for Christmas. And, like, if I'm making food that I, you know, constantly, I'm, like, I'll be in the kitchen making stuff thinking, I wish I could just take half of this over to my folks. And now I can. And that makes me, like, really, really happy. And so it was hard but it was awesome, and I did it, and I did a really good job. Thank you, thumbs up, Gabe. Hello, Biz and Teresa. This is a genius. So I just spent the last, I don't know how long, outside with my kids, making sure that, you know, if they needed a snack, they had a snack. If they, you know, doing that general sit with them so they don't want to come inside right away thing. But now I need to come inside and make dinner. So I told them that that's what I was doing. But really... I wanted to come in so I could eat a leftover cupcake from the birthday party, and I knew that I had to do that first, because otherwise they would come in, see me eating a cupcake, and want one themselves. But I don't want to share. So (laughs) now I'm going to make dinner with a cupcake in my belly, and my kids, as of right now, are still, like, outside playing. So I'm doing a good job being selfish, and they're doing a good job getting some more fresh air, and you're all doing a good job, too. Have a good day. I love this so much. This is like the second genius that we've shared on the show in recent months in which a parent has just decided to eat the cupcake out of sight, eat the ice cream out of sight, 
definitely right before dinner. Definitely at a time where you wouldn't want your kids to see it. You do have to get rid of that cupcake. That cupcake could cause problems in the house if the children see that it's still available. So you have done an amazing job protecting your family from cupcakes by eating the cupcake. You are doing an amazing job. You are genius. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Well, that's easy. <laughs> Given the preoccupation with uh, getting my folks out here, you know, as well as the kids and pandemics and summer, I have a very long list of appointments that I really, really need to set up. Both kids have some big dental orthodontic work that needs to get done. I need to go see the dermatologist. Like, I really need to just make that fucking appointment. I need to make uh, other appointments. Uh, Raiden's physical is coming up. Raiden will be turning 12, so they get their yearly physical, and they get their COVID vaccine. Boop, 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 boop. So everybody got to get more shots. And yeah, so basically, I... <laughs> I have a checklist that I have really not attended to. So, you know, oh well. Oh, boo, says Gabe. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a sale. Um, so today my kid comes up to me and says, hey, mommy, will you open the fucking door? And I laughed so hard. I cried. Yeah. So pretty sure he's going to keep saying that word over and over again. I suck. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks for the show. I really like that the way this fail is presented, it's not that the kid knows it, that word. It's that you positively reinforced the use of it by laughing so hard. I... <laughs> Also, think like about being a, a broken human as a parent. But now, like, <laughs> if you were to say that to me on the street, my kid said, "Will you close the fucking door?" I would have, I would have also laughed, and that maybe like a high five. That's it. You're doing a horrible, horrible job that I fully support. <laughs> you are the greatest. Mom, I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Ruby Coffee. Ruby Coffee Roasters is a small coffee roasting company based in central Wisconsin, specifically Nelsonville, Wisconsin, population 191, with the goal of making amazing quality coffee approachable to all. Listen, we have started a Ruby's coffee subscription, and one of the greatest things that they make is a steeped option with different coffee blends. So you get these little single serve, individually packed coffee filter bags, like a tea bag. And all you need to do is add hot water and let it steep for five minutes. This has been our saving grace 
during the pandemic around two o'clock in the afternoon. Ruby's coffee lineup is designed around complex, dynamic coffees while making sure that their roasting profiles make these coffees easy to brew, which is very important, and enjoy. A Ruby Coffee subscription sends freshly roasted beans directly to you, or you can order bags whenever you like without a subscription. Go to rubycoffeeroasters.com and use code BADMOTHER to get 20% off your first shipment of any subscription or 15% off a one-time coffee purchase. Prepare yourself for the greatest pro wrestling podcast spectacular known as Tights and Fights. A back-dropping audio showcase that helps you understand the world of pro wrestling with a lot of love and no toxic masculinity. Featuring host Danielle Radford. Time to kick butt and chew gum, and I'm all out of butts. Lindsay Cow. I'm a brutal Brit, and my fists were made to punch and hit. And Hal Loblin. I was doing the voiceover this whole time. Hear us talk about pro wrestling's greatest triumphs and failures. And make fun of its weekly absurdities. On the Perfect Wrestling Podcast. Tights and Fights. Every Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on Maximum Fun. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the Odd Couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Maybe this is family. My uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. All right, everybody, let's settle down. It's time for a mom to have a breakdown. This is a rant. Baby girl is like five, six days old. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Finally got her fed all day, like so many times with the boppy pillow. And I had pillows before, and now I tried just the boppy, and she seemed fine. But then she's fussing all the time. And it turns out you have to put the fucking pillows under the boppy, and then it's cool. So that's that's that. And it would be great if they told you this before. Thank you. Bye. I'm going to sleep. Bye. <laughs> I love you so much. You're amazing. You're doing such a good job. Uh Oh, there's so much here that I love. The baby girl's five or six days old. Who knows anymore? Who does know anymore? That's okay. That's okay. I don't think age days really matter until driver's licenses are involved or maybe school. You'll figure out how long that kid's been around when it's really important. Second of all, I just feel like <laughs> that's the name of like a book, right? Like it would have been really great if somebody had told me, right? Like the boppy pillow, you think, oh, I've just spent an ungodly amount of money on a pillow that's going to help me feed this baby. That should be all I need. Wait, 
It's not because all bodies are different. So uh, I actually need to prop it up with other pillows. And also, you're not, your brain, your brain just like made a baby. And so your brain is definitely not like ready for internet research on how to best prop. I can remember they were like, uh, one way to breastfeed is to hold the baby like you're holding a football and like sideways, like coming in at like a weird angle. And like, oh, I was like, what? I said, what? I can't, I can't do that. How is that even humanly possible? And it's like, I'm, I just had a baby. I just had a baby. I've had no sleep. I don't have time to figure out the like metrics of how to best use this fucking pillow to feed this child because I haven't been a parent before. <laughs> I don't know. And even if you have been a parent before, as we've all learned painfully, some of those key lessons we learned, we really forgot about between kids. Here's the deal. You're doing a remarkable job. I see you and we all see you. We all are with you on the journey of discovering all the things that it would have been really helpful if it was included in the instructions. And you are amazing. Congratulations on that new baby in that house. Congratulations, everybody, for having kids in your house and staying. <laughs> Not going out for milk. You're amazing. And... I enjoyed talking with Kevin today because I think like that isolation that we can feel when we first get kids in our house and really throughout the whole journey sometimes, it can also feel that way when it comes to finding ourselves in a situation in which we become the caretakers of our parents. And just like the mistakes I made early on, and I still make with my own kids. I'm also still making mistakes with how to interact and best help my folks. And so I think it's just a, like a reminder that we're all walking around with layers that can't be seen by others. And it can be very easy to feel like we're the only one and this isn't happening to anybody else. And the fact is, is that's not true. You are not alone. It is incredibly hard. We're going to fuck up a lot. And that that's actually perfectly acceptable. <laughs> perfectly acceptable and normal. And you are doing a really remarkable job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right.
We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama's room. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama's room. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.